Hey guys, welcome back to the Play Like a Girl podcast, one of the shows for SB Nation's Ohio State site, Land Grant Holy Land. We are two girls talking about sports because our opinion counts too. I'm your host, Tia Williams, and I'm joined by my co-host, Meredith Hine. Thanks for tuning in today, and we hope that you had a wonderful Christmas. Tia, what did you do to celebrate? I ate my weight in Christmas cookies, and I went to my grandparents, which we do every year, and basically just played board games from noon until 9 p.m. <laughs> what about you? Nice. I ate my weight in scalloped Greer potatoes oh, and yum. then watched a bunch of Christmas movies with my family. <laughs> so a whole lot of nothing, which is exactly what I did. A whole lot of nothing. <laughs> Dave did get me. Um, I don't know how familiar you are with Rookwood pottery, but it's like a thing in Cincinnati. And I also don't know if you're familiar with the story of Fiona the Hippo from the Cincinnati Zoo. Uh, yeah. Um, well, yes, everyone should be. But Rookwood Pottery came up with a Fiona corn this year. So it's a Fiona little figurine that has a unicorn horn. Oh, my gosh. That's perfect. <laughs> I'm yeah. so jealous. And my high school mascot was a unicorn. And so it's so perfect. Was and it really? So- I have yeah. never heard of a unicorn being a mascot. That's incredible. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's it's pretty magical in my opinion. So on today's show, as you can probably guess, we're going to be doing a lot of talking about Ohio State versus Clemson in the college football playoff. Uh, in case you in case you missed it, the pair is scheduled to face off Saturday night at 8 p.m. Eastern in the Fiesta Bowl. Tia, there's been a lot of talk, obviously, coming uh, out this past week ahead of the matchup from Justin Fields stating yesterday that his knee is 80 to 85 percent to Clemson's paw drill and how they're going to use that to stop Dobbins. And then there's the fact that no players are sitting out this game. Yeah, I I wasn't really expecting them to, though. I, I guess, you know, because... The only person, well, I can't speak for Clemson, but the only person that I would think that would do that if he were up for the draft would be Justin Fields because he's, like, the only one really prone to injury that I can think of. But otherwise, you know, all of our players have been healthy. Um, We really have been blessed with, like, practically no injuries this year. So, you know, I'm not really that surprised. It's true. Um, I would... I would have thought Chase Young would have considered it, but it's also not something that Ohio State players, to your point, really do. So, and plus it is the playoff, and like, this is the, in my opinion, it's the best playoff that we've had. So, I think that the players seem to be really getting on board with it, Um, and obviously no players missing uh, from Ohio State, Clemson, LSU, or Oklahoma right now, which is pretty cool. Uh, and then across the college football landscape, that trend of sitting out your bowl game um, has been decreasing quite a bit. Last year, there were 30-plus players who sat out uh, for their respective bowl games. This year, it's down to 16. So I personally am very happy that that's a trend that's going down. It's all, it's never fun to be watching a team in a bowl game and the team's best player sitting out for fear of injury. Yeah. Um, so excited. Ho- hopefully everyone stays healthy during the bowl season um, and maintains their draft status. But cool to be able to see that. So with all of those storylines in place, we do want to harken back to one of the earliest topics that we had on the show, and that's Brian Day's coaching style. On that show, 
what feels like years ago, but I think it was just a couple of months ago, we talked through how there seems to be a growing trend of coaches who seem to be attempting to inspire more than frighten their players. Uh, and one of the other coaches that we mentioned in the same breath as Ryan Day was Davo Sweeney. Uh, realistically, Tia, these two coaches have a lot in common. That's exactly right. And it sort of starts with their quote-unquote upbringing, with both coaches coming up through the program. So while Day was only at Ohio State for a season before being named interim head coach last year, but both he and Swinney spent time to get, you know, to get to know their programs. So Dabo was also an interim head coach before taking over full-time in 2009. But when it comes to their actual styles and the cultures they're building, Sweeney has made something truly unique over the last decade, and you can start to see that at play in Columbus as well with Ryan Day. That's right, Tia. And as I was reading up on the topic before the show, it was really eye-opening to me to see how much culture really is at play in Clemson. Um, It's been one of the most consistent coaching staffs, obviously led by Sweeney, and that definitely makes the difference for players. Yeah, and one of the things Dabo is known for, and it's always in the media talking about how he's a goofball, how he, you know, he tries to make everything fun on the sidelines and at practice and during training. Um, But that obviously doesn't tell the full story as he's still able to keep his players focused on the end goal. So he does a great job of walking that line between pushing players hard to reach their potential while maintaining their trust and respect. And I think that's, you know, that's how he can recruit over Saban and Urban and, you know, those guys. Definitely. And I love this quote from Clemson co-offensive coordinator Jeff Scott, who was quoted by ESPN as saying, sometimes there can be negative consequences of that. Um, And he's talking about the grinding, the going 100% 100 all of the time in practice, seven days a week. Um, And he says, I think when your players know how much you care about them and you spend time talking about things other than football, when you talk football, you have their attention and they're willing to run through a brick wall for you. Davo seems to do a great job of remembering that there is a time and a place to be tough and a time and a place to have fun. Um, and I think by making that clear, he's able to get buy-in from the whole staff and all of his players. Yeah, um, one thing I did read from an article, I'm not sure if it was that one, but during the off season and even game weeks, he will have them practice hard obviously but then he has mental Mondays which he will just have his players meditate using an app on their cell phones that day and then on focus Fridays they just talk and it, it won't even be about football it'll just be they'll talk about like life lessons and stuff and one of the other po- other points that was interesting from the article was that Sweeney co- his coaching tree which doesn't actually have many branches has still managed to grow So after Clemson won the national title last year, zero assistants left. I mean, that's wild. And Dabo's influence is still being felt across the college football landscape, landscape, especially close to home. We'll get back on that subject and how it's played out at Ohio State as well after a short ad break. So stay tuned. So I mentioned earlier in the show and in previous shows that Ryan Day's coaching style is a bit unique, especially when compared to the intensity that often defined Urban Meyer's style. However, as you've probably picked up, Day's more holistic, inspirational style seems to be quite akin to Clemson's Dabo Sweeney. Day and Sweeney, however, don't have any professional connections that we know of. Day is 10 years Sweeney's junior and has never crossed paths with 
uh, Dabo in his role at Alabama or Clemson. The only two programs where Dabo has actually spent time as a coach. And I think that's so interesting. One of the other things that ESPN article talked about was how Sweeney called a new head coach from Austin Pay to discuss a grad assistant who might be a good fit and how the Austin Pay coach, Will Healy, even before talking to or meeting Sweeney, knew that he was the type of coach he wanted to emulate and that was the type of culture he wanted to build. So Sweeney really is building up a new generation of coaches just by his example. Exactly, Tia. And one thing that is so cool about this new generation is just how deliberate they have been about building something different. You know that these coaches, when they played high school or college ball, were subject to the give 110%, 100% of the time mentality, and that fear played a huge role in avoiding failure because that's really the standard that we've seen from coaches. So it's amazing to see these guys deliberately breaking away from that, which is what we've seen with Day. Yeah, and... Day has managed to walk this line so well. You have to imagine that when you follow up a coach like Urban Meyer in your first ever head coaching role, shaking up the status quo would have to be terrifying. And plus, like these are these are Urban's recruits, and they came to Ohio State for Urban Meyer. So for Ryan Day to be like, I don't care, I'm switching this up, and then still having incredible success you have to imagine that other more traditional coaches would be like, oh, maybe they're onto something. Um, but Day knew that how he would coach best was different than what made Meyer a good coach. You know, he knew that he's not that kind of guy, so he had to go a little bit differently than Urban Meyer. And I think he's done such a great job of paying homage to Meyer's success while rapidly defining his own culture. I couldn't agree more. And to your point about, you know, really kind of overcoming that fear of not continuing that previous culture and maybe potentially older coaches looking back and saying, oh, maybe that's a good thing to do. One of the things that that ESPN article also talked about was Brent Venables, who has been at Clemson for forever. He really is that traditional assistant coach. And he even said that he, you know, doesn't necessarily always agree with Dabo's style, but you can't argue with the results, you know, right. two national championships in two years and beating Alabama and being that team that's usurping the SEC on the national stage. Like you're having results, even if it's very non-traditional than that style that you grew up with. So it's very cool to see these, you know, older assistant coaches who have been around really adopting the style and going with this new program. But now that we've dove into these coaching styles a little bit deeper, Tia, what are your overall thoughts on the game this weekend? Yeah, so I'm really torn. I'm still confused as to why everyone, everyone has Clemson beating us. I mean... You can't take Mark May too seriously. Well, right. I'm not even talking about him because, you know, he, he doesn't have anything to back up anything. But... Like a majority of people choosing Clemson, sure. But every single analyst, media outlet, whatever it is, when they're giving their predictions, they pick Clemson. And I just, I don't understand how they back that up. So, like, ugh, we talked about this already. But it's like, what, they've blown out these teams, yes, but they have not played a top 10 ranked team. Correct me if I'm wrong. Let alone the number two team in the country. Yeah. Whereas Ohio State's resume is, I mean, the best in the country. So I like our odds. I have us winning. I think it's going to be one of those games that make me want to crawl in a hole, but I think we got it. I agree. It's definitely going to be one of 
the toughest, if not the toughest matchup that we've had all year. But to your point, unlike Clemson, Ohio State has been battle tested, whether it has been against Wisconsin or Penn State or Michigan or Wisconsin again. And when you look at just the matchups, I mentioned the paw drill earlier. That's Clemson's attempt to be able to mitigate the effects of J.K. Dobbins. And that's because while Clemson's defensive line has been so great in the past and has had such high caliber players, it's really young this year. So if we're looking for a matchup that Ohio State can and should be able to dominate, I'd say that it is uh, being able to run the ball effectively against Clemson. So that's what I'm going to hang my hat on and (laughs) hope goes well on Saturday. Well, with that, I think it's time for shout outs. Meredith, want to kick things off? Sure. Uh, So maybe it's too soon because I just gave him a shout out a couple weeks ago, but I'm going to shout out my husband again because we celebrated our seventh wedding anniversary this year. And if you're a Harry Potter fan, seven is the most magical number. So, you know, (laughs) great things in store for this year. Uh, But, you know, we were really young when we got married and it's just been great to get to grow together. So, Dave, I love you very much. Wow. Congratulations. (laughs) Thanks. It's been an adventure. Who's your shout out? I think I'm going to shout out my grandma, who will never listen to this because I don't even think she knows what a podcast is, but we have a huge family, and every single year she cooks, like, a feast, like, enough to feed a whole nother family. I mean, it's just unreal, so, and every year we're like, oh, let us bring something, like, let us help, and she's not, she won't have it, so. Go grandma. (laughs) All right, guys, that's all we have for today. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at Tia Williams, that's Tia with three A's, Meredith at Meredith Hine, and the site at LandGrant33. We'll be back next Thursday and every Thursday after that with new shows. Thanks again for listening to Play Like a Girl, and as always, go Bucks.